Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. And on today's episode, we wanted to talk about the Christian worldview, the Christian worldview. And before we start, wanted to go back over uh, some of the basic rules of apologetics. And one of the things that I wanted to revisit is the definition of truth. And the reason why I keep talking about the definition of truth is I'm often amazed at how many believers claim to love Jesus, but have no sense of the biblical definition of what truth is. Many individuals inside and outside the church have bought into the paradigm of relativism and relativity basically says what's true for you doesn't have to be necessarily true for me. And the problem with that view is it basically abolishes the whole concept of absolute truth. Absolute truth cannot be modified to fit individuals. Absolute truth is binding upon all men And it's unflexible in the sense that if God has prescribed something to be wrong, it's wrong and it's wrong across the board. And again, I'm not uh, talking about situations where God gives us certain liberties. And in some situation, he does some situations. He uh, God gives us those liberties. But I'm talking about those things that are blatantly unflexible that God has preordained and he's not compromising on these things. God does not compromise. So we keep talking about truth because even something as basic as marriage have people uh, giving comments and giving their own um, portrayals and perspective on what marriage is and what marriage can be. You have individuals that are uh, living together and individuals that are uh, back in the day, we call it shacking up and uh, people that are engaged in fornication. And because they have subscribed to the world's definition of what a marriage can be, they feel as though God has accepted it and God does accept it and he's fine with people playing house without being actually married. And that's not going to fly. And that's not biblical. So what is truth? With so many views and so many definitions of truth, it's important that we as Christians know what truth is and what truth is not. For if we start subscribing to the world's definition and the world's view of what is truth, 
then where with the wor- where it, will the world turn to in terms of them needing a light that shines on top of a hill? Where will the world get their light if the light start believing like uh, the dark world does and start living in darkness? We as Christians have to be bold enough to stand on godly principles and not yield or acquiesce what God has given us just so we can fit in, just so everybody can like us. We're living in a, a contemporary age where uh, many believers would rather sacrifice the tenets of Christ uh, than to stand and be persecuted. And God is looking for believers who love him enough, who trust him enough to put their lives on the line. And I'm not just talking about their physical lives, but also uh, in terms of sacrifice, the things that we all have to sacrifice in order to live circumspect in order that we may follow God and, and, and please him. They are sacrifices that we all have to make. And so we must know what truth is. So when we're sharing with the lost world, they'll know what God expects of them. They'll know how far that they should be going and uh, where the boundaries are. And if anybody's going to set the boundaries for our lives, it has to be God. And all God requires of us is that we report it the way that he's given to us through the scriptures. So truth is telling something like it is. Truth is telling something like it is, or truth is that which correspond to its object. Truth is that which correspond to its object. And what is the nature of truth? The nature, one of the natures of truth in terms of truth's characteristic is that truth has no expiration date. I often hear believers talking about, well, that's truth for back then, but it's not true for now. If it's man's tradition, then that argument may work. But what God has prescribed from days of old, the principles still apply today. God's truth has no expiration date. The word of God can't be treated like a gallon of milk. Milk may expire, but God's word never expires. No jot, no, uh, no, no, nothing. God's word will not expire is eternal. If God is eternal, then the words that he speak are eternal. And Christianity, whether we like it or not, is based on the correspondence view of truth. Since God cannot lie, then it means that his words are true. And not just some of his words, but all of his words. The words of God, as we see through the Bible, are inspired by him. And the Bible said that is God breathed to us. So when we're talking about worldviews, worldviews are based on God's words alone. Worldviews 
uh, for the Christians should be based on the word of God. Now, what is a worldview? You may be asking yourself that. What what is the worldview? What is a worldview and why is that so important? Well, a worldview is the lens by which we see the world. It shapes our beliefs concerning all of life's issues. Worldviews are formed through life experiences a lot of times. And sometimes uh, we are highly influenced, not just by general experience, but through our culture. Uh, The way that we treat people, the way that we stereotype and the way that we get caught up in how we've always done things. And and now we have to see what God says about the way that we believe certain things. This was the whole issue in the Jerusalem Council. Some of the Judaic uh, Jews that were Christians wanted to do things a certain way because that's what they were accustomed to. They wanted new converts to be circumcised just like the Jewish tradition. But Paul's argument was, what about the non-Jews? Is it really a Christian right for all male Christians to be circumcised in order for them to be holy, in order for them to be righteous? And Paul was saying, no. And praises be to God, the apostle Peter at that point had matured enough to understand that it doesn't require the removal of a foreskin for you to be righteous, for you to be sanctified, for you to be holy and for you to be accepted by God. If you've accepted Christ, he preached that the only requirement for someone to be saved is not the circumcision of the physical heart of, of, of the foreskin rather, but the circumcision of the heart. And that's what's required for salvation, that you accept Christ. And then metaphorically, that implies that your heart have been circumcised, that you you are now holy. You have been set apart for God to use you. You've been sanctified. So a worldview is the lens by which we view the world and all of life's issue. The one thing about worldviews is that worldviews can change over time. And as human beings, as believers, we are often confronted by different issues of life. And then we have to evaluate what we've always been taught, what we've always learned, what we've been exposed to. We, we always have to compare it to the word of God. So, If I believe something specific and I read the uh, read the scriptures and the scriptures is telling me something different, then I have to make a wise decision and go with God's word rather than what I've always been taught. So worldviews can change. And Saul's conversion to Paul is one example of how an individual's worldview can change. Paul was convinced as Saul that he was following the precepts of the law and being obedient to God by persecuting the Christians. He thought that the only way to righteousness was to follow the law. 
However, we learn through the scriptures that Paul, after his conversion, had changed his worldview. He, he now totally understood that the law was not sufficient, but following Jesus Christ and living under grace was what qualified us to be righteous. So as Saul, he thought one way, but as Paul, his worldview had changed. And I'm hoping that if you're listening to me right now, that you too are uh, challenging yourself and asking yourself this question. Am I willing to change when my views contradict God's views? It doesn't matter what my friends think. It doesn't matter what my parents think. It doesn't matter what my group think. It doesn't matter what my coworkers think, but what really matters and supersede, uh, supersede all of those people is Christ. So as a Christian, I'm constantly being challenged by the Holy Spirit to give up some of the things that I used to believe in that I may conform to the image of Jesus Christ. So there are plenty of examples in the scriptures where individuals worldviews changed for the betterment of that individual. Peter is another example. Peter was stuck on uh, the Jewish lifestyle, but God confronted him and let him know that uh, the Gentiles were not unclean. If God has sanctified them, then they, they too uh, have been made right and uh, they are just as uh, sanctified. They are just as saved as a Jew, uh, as a Jewish Christian. So Peter had to change his worldview. And we all as believers are confronted by different issues of life again. And we are forced to look in the mirror, which is the word of God. And we are forced to deal with this issue of whether or not we want to go all the way with Jesus or we want to be stuck in our own ignorance. So the worldview, our worldview, the way we look at things uh, impacts the way we vote. It impacts the way we pray. It impacts the way we preach the gospel. It impacts every aspect of our lives the way we raise our children the way that we date it impacts every facet of our lives how you see this life and what we're trying to do as believers is we want to make sure that the lens that we're using to make sense of the world is a bible-based lens not a secular lens not a lens that's accommodating to everyone to the standpoint that we're compromising the gospel. So my question to all of us is what lens are you using? How do you see this world that you live in? Do you move by consulting the horoscopes? What motivates you? What inspires you? And the challenge is to do an introspection and really be honest with ourselves to see how we view this world. Are we viewing it through our race, 
alone? Are we viewing it through our class, meaning lower class, middle class, upper class? How do you view this world? And as a Christian, we're being summoned. We, we, we are being challenged to chase after Christ by using the scriptures as our plumb line to assess the world that we live in, that our actions may be consistent with what Christ will be pleased with. So worldviews, worldviews shape our definition of God. For example, the pantheist or rather the atheist would say there's no God at all. The pantheist will say that God is in all. Whereas the theist would say that God created all. So based on their specific view, that's what influences or shapes their doctrine about God in this lifetime. Again, the atheist would say there's no God at all. The pantheist, they, they proclaim that God is in all while the theist said that God created all. Then our worldview shapes our views of sex. And uh, we live in, in a society, we're living in lifetime where people inside and outside the church believe that uh, Christians don't believe in sex. But we know the truth in, in terms of uh, Christianity and sex and even inside the church. Um, leaders don't want to talk about it, but their parishioners are engaged in it. And what we need to tell the world, as well as those inside the church, is God is not against sex. God just has a prescription of when to have sex. So if we let people know that God is not against sex, he's he's against the timing of when we have sex. God has reserved sex for the union between a man and a woman. So God is not against sex. Our young people need to hear that, that that God is not uh, uh, does not frown upon sex. He created us. He created our bodies. He created our emotions and God instituted sex. But sex is reserved for the uh, matrimonial union and not uh, prior to that. And that's what we need to preach. That God is not against sex, but he's a, he, he has a timing of when sex ought to take place. Then marriage. Our worldview shapes what we think about marriage. Uh, some Christians, unfortunately, have a Hollywood mentality of what marriage is. Uh, they are willing to get married to an, a person that necessarily may not have been called by God. But because this person brought them happiness for that time period, when they stop being happy, they run to the divorce court. But that's not the view that God has instituted for marriage. God's paradigm for marriage is based on the two couples making Christ the center, the union, the bond, and the man looking 
uh, at Jesus and the woman looking at Jesus and they both surrendering to one another. That's why Paul was able to say that the man's body doesn't belong to him. It belongs to his wife and the wife's body doesn't belong to her, belongs to the man because we both are dying to one another. Just like Christ uh, served his bride and Christ is coming back for the bride. God wants us to die metaphorically for our spouses. We, 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 we are one body unified man and a woman representing the relationship that Christ has with his church and marriage should not be taken lightly. We have too many individuals that are on milk trying to uh, chew on the meat of marriage. And for, uh, and for those that have been married, you fully understand that marriage takes work and it takes individuals who are mature. So our worldview also shapes our view of what marriage is. I think it's sad that Christian marriages are now at a percentage equal to non-Christians in terms of divorce. I know the problem is not God. So the problem has to be us and how we view marriages and how we select our spouses. Then in terms of temptation, all of us attempted. The Bible has a prescription for how we ought to handle our temptations. So what is your worldview on temptations? Are you uh, working on a preemptive strike so that Satan can't trip you up? Or are you comfortable sinning? Are you comfortable uh, giving in to your temptations? This ought not to be for the Christian. The Christian ought to practice what God has told us to do. Uh, you know your weakness. You know what the devil uses to trip you up. And we as believers uh, have to uh, grieve when we offend God, when, when, when we fall to the same tricks. We, we, we have to mourn our trespass and, and confess it to God who will forgive you. If we're sincere, uh, confess it to God who will wipe our tears away. And God tells us when we confess, he'll cast cast it as far as the east is from the west. And that's why I love him. So, again, my encouragement to you all is to think about your paradigm, the way you look at life. Think about your worldview. Think about who influences you. Think about who excites you. That's what the worldview is about, is how we look at all of life's issues. Are you looking at it through your own lens or are you looking at it through a godly lens? So next week's episode, we'll continue our discussion on the Christian worldview. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. 
Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy message as has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. God looks at your heart, not your gene size. Do you know the verses yet still stress over your body? Oh, I get it. I was raised in church, but I struggled with food, eating disorders, and my body for decades. I'm Heather Creekmore, host of the Compared to You podcast, where we talk about all things body image and comparison from a biblical perspective. We get real about the pressure to focus on appearance in a culture where looks seem to matter most. Whether you're wrestling wrinkles or battling the scale, Compared to Who is the show for you. You'll laugh a little and be encouraged a lot. If you're ready to stop comparing and start living, visit lifeaudio.com to listen and subscribe.